Hi, and welcome to Stressed, the podcast to develop your stress resilience. Being ambitious and successful while living a happy life is possible. Learn how you can better cope with stress in day-to-day -day situations by applying tools and techniques that work for you. My name is Julia Arndt, and I'm extremely grateful that you decided to check out my podcast today. Let's get started. Hi, Amber. Welcome to my podcast. How are Hello. you? Thank you. Good. I'm doing wonderful. It's an honor to be here. I'm really excited to have you here. We tried already to record this podcast yesterday, but we had some last minute disturbances. So yeah. everything worked out great and I'm excited um, to have you here today. Thank you. Yeah. So Thank you for being flexible. Yeah. Today is, we'll uh, definitely get through everything. Of course. <laughs> Um, how are you today? What have you been up to today? Yeah, well, uh, so what did I do this morning? I did some computer work this morning, uh, made some phone calls, uh, followed up on some patient work, and then drank some coffee. Well, I did that. I was for about maybe three hours, and then I went to the gym around noon, came home, took a shower, um, kind of been doing a little bit of Uh, intermittent fasting so okay yeah so did that and then uh, usually in the mornings I'll take 10-15 minutes where I will either go in the backyard or the front yard there's a beautiful view of the ocean mm -hmm. and I'll set a timer on my phone and meditate for 10 minutes which mm -hmm. is super grounding uh and kind of sets the tone for the whole day. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's a practice that I didn't used to do. I, I honestly didn't meditate a ton in med school. Um, but kind of, well, kind of my last year, I started meditating more and have made it a regular practice with my boyfriend who also um, kind of inspired me to do that. So Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So these morning practices and routines are so important to ground us and to bring us through the day. So Absolutely. I'm glad you're mentioning it. Um, yeah. So uh, tell us about your beautiful view. Where are you located? Yes. Yeah, so I'm in Redondo Beach, California. So it's the south side of LA. Uh, it's We call it like the the best kept secret in LA. It's this mm -hmm. quaint little um, oceanside spot. Uh, there's a clinic here that I work in and mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm really close to the ocean. So it's, it's a, I love it here. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. I've actually been to Redondo beach. Um, my fiance's um, family um, comes from Redondo beach. <laughs> really? Oh, wow. Small world. It yeah. is a really small world. Yeah. When you mentioned that yesterday, I was like, Oh, Redondo beach. That's so funny. Um, yeah. I've been there. Yeah. Huh. How about that? Really, yeah. Really beautiful there. So I can totally relate to the beautiful views and the kind of the, the more serene area of the, I guess the LA greater Like hustle yeah. and bustle. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's definitely a, a sweet little spot to be. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. we met a couple of months ago at a woman entrepreneur kind of empowering conference. Mm -hmm. um, and I met you <laughs> and I said to you, you are a doctor and I would love to have you on my podcast because yes. I want to help people a, bit, a little bit more um, to understand um, what it really 
what really happens in our body when we're feeling stressed. Um, mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit more before we jump into this whole topic and um, that we could probably talk about forever, but um, <laughs> tell us a little bit more maybe about your journey and um, how you sure. got to uh, become a doctor and what you're doing today. Sure, sure, sure. Awesome. Yeah. And it was serendipitous to meet you at that event because I remember you were sharing me, with me what you talk a lot about, which is working with women in stress and, uh, you know, finding balance in their life. So that's a lot of what I do, you know, talking with women about that, but then having, being able to run labs and mm -hmm. kind of getting down to the physiology of what's going on, uh, which is really powerful for, you know, anyone, but especially women to understand that when they are feeling stress and anxiety, when they're feeling, uh, you know, even like waves of depression and anxiety is very mm -hmm. common that we can trace that, you know, we can look at the physiology and look at what's going on in the body. And it's a lot of times we internalize it and we're like, why am I feeling this way? It's, you know, what, what is it about me? And we kind of, kind of go to this place of self blame mm -hmm. and, and trying to wish that away. But when we, you know, I really love the idea of looking at the psychology and addressing that. Um, you know, maybe there's trauma, maybe there is a situation in life and maybe we need to work through that and deal with that and journal about it and, mm -hmm. and maybe work with a counselor, whatever that may be. But first of all, looking at the physiology. So what's going on in the body? Um, are we making the neurotransmitters? Um, what's happening with cortisol? What's happening um, with your body's ability to cope with the stress? Are we giving you the right resources to do that? So That's where I really come in, and I think it's helpful to start there, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, because when when your body is in a healthy place, making all of these, you know, serotonin, happy chemical, and dopamine, and um, having the ability to regulate cortisol, um, looking at the physiology helps with the the psychology piece when we're you know dealing with those emotions. It helps us mm -hmm. to be more grounded and balanced in our the way our body uh, works. So that's what I like to explain it to patients. Um, anxiety and depression are very, very common mm -hmm. with almost everyone I see in office. There's some type of, um, you know, mood disturbance. And uh, I remember listening to a, a doctor who came and spoke to us in med school about how chronic stress Uh, is a predisposition to depression. And he explained why mm -hmm. uh, and how, you know, our body, and we can talk more about that. But when I heard that lecture, it blew my mind because yeah. I was like, everybody needs to know this. Yeah. Uh, how, you know, when we go through a stressful period, you can usually trace it to either anxiety or depression later on mm -hmm. if we're not supporting the body through that period. So it's so critical. Mm -hmm. um you know to to love your body with nutrition and uh and also working on the mindset so i i really think that naturopathic medicine i'm a naturopathic doctor is the best of both worlds worlds where we're looking at um you know we're looking in physiology and then we're also looking at you know circumstances and uh stressful situations we're definitely uh looking at the whole person too mm -hmm. so yeah 
Yeah, tell us a little yeah. bit more about um, what what your specialty is and how yeah sure. how, how yeah. you do everything. I think a lot of people don't know, so I think it'll be really helpful. Yeah, so uh, a naturopathic doctor is trained similar to an MD in terms of years of med school. So we have four years of med school. Mm -hmm. um, we have two rounds of boards, very involved uh, in learning the physiology and uh, learning lab testing and diagnosis and all the nitty gritty details of that. So it's a very, let's say, stressful process <laughs> just to get mm -hmm. through that um, that I've undergone myself and uh, but the beauty of what the medicine is is it's looking at every aspect so if a woman comes into me with fatigue or anxiety I'm looking at every uh, system of the body so I do like a kind of a full scan you know you take your car in they'll do like a full scan they'll tell you everything that needs to be fixed mm -hmm. so we kind of do that for the body where we're looking at um, not just if they have anxiety, I'm not just looking at the brain and uh, mood. I'm looking at their gut and I'm looking at their thyroid and I'm looking at, um, you know, their immune system and I'm looking at, you know, their adrenals and pretty much every system in the body and taking all of those and saying, okay, well, what is suffering right now? Um, where are there imbalances? Where are the labs showing that there's a deficiency? Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, targeting that and treating that and, and supporting the body to uh, heal itself, really, with, you know, more natural treatments. So um, we can run all sorts of labs. We can look at uh, blood labs. We can look at um, stool. We can take urine uh and then we can also do saliva where we do test cortisol levels four times mm -hmm. a day okay uh, so all of those are kind of detection and then of course we use symptoms and labs together mm -hmm. um to really see you know what's going on get a fuller picture of uh the situation mm -hmm. and what the patient's experiencing and then we use things like um, therapeutic nutrition and targeted supplementation. Um, we can use injectable vitamins if they're having absorption issues in the gut. Uh, we can use IV therapy. Um, we can use some of the regenerative medicine techniques. We can use, uh, uh, you know, medical detox. Uh, there's so many things that we can use to really help a woman. Uh, to feel better. And then I'm, so I specialize in hormones, women's hormones mm -hmm. and, uh, testing treatment, bioidenticals for women who are going through perimenopause, uh, and, and menopause, just kind of making that transition a lot smoother. Um, and you know, one of the really critical pieces to how severe menopause is for a woman is how stressed out she is going into it. Because mm. the adrenals take on so much of the work when the ovaries kind of start fading away, the adrenals take that. So um, stress for a woman, whether she's young or 50, is so uh, such a, I think, valuable topic on how we can support the body mm -hmm. under stress. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay you're touching upon so many <laughs> interesting topics i'm like okay um, let me try to sort my to <laughs> um so the okay. first thing i think that would be really interesting to hear more about is um i think it's really powerful that we can actually prove that people are stressed and that you can mm. 
see it in the physiology and when you're doing lab tests. Yeah. Um, what are the like what are the most interesting factors um, that are you that you're looking at that show you or a person is really stressed out? Yeah. Well, namely cortisol. So we're looking at, um, there's, a, there's a panel that I like to run, it's called a Dutch test, and it's a dried urine panel. And it can tell us um, all about estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, cortisol uh, mm -hmm. throughout the day. So we get a four-point cortisol, four different times of the day. And then it'll tell us about melatonin. So the main ones that, I mean, stress will be, reflected first in the cortisol levels mm -hmm. and the melatonin and then generally show up in other areas of the body um like the thyroid like the uh the um reproductive organs the ovaries so it'll show up in as altered estrogen progesterone testosterone levels later on but mm -hmm. where we're, we're first seeing that is um looking at the salivary cortisol and they sometimes will do it in serum so they'll do a blood test but you can only get one value so you can only mm -hmm. run that in the morning or evening mm -hmm. um, but what i've what i see in in women who uh come to me feeling you know fatigued especially in the morning can't get to sleep at night tired and wired stressful job um you know we we can look at their cortisol curve so it's kind of like a graph that shows you um when you're secreting it at the highest levels and and when you're not and when we want cortisol to be we do need cortisol you know I'm glad you're um, saying that i wanted yeah. to just ask that <laughs> yes we do need it if without it we'd be dead uh we wouldn't wake up it helps us to wake up in the morning so mm -hmm. it is critical but we want it to be secreted at the right time so uh in the morning we want the there's you know about three pulsations 2 a.m 4 a.m 6 a.m depends on your circadian rhythm and your sleep cycles but that's kind of the general time and it helps us to wake up you know it's um it's our get up and go hormone and uh cortisol and it's highest in the morning as well right the cortisol level is highest in the morning and then it's kind of slowly going down it's it's supposed yes. to be going down yeah <laughs> right? i assume not for people especially the people that you see the cortisol level might be kind of level or go up or something right right correct mm -hmm. so we can see all sorts of trends on the cortisol curve we can see elevated across the board that is a you know Obviously, Red flag. yeah, the adrenals are <laughs> pumping out cortisol yeah. too much in the morning, too much in the midday, like stressful life. Mm -hmm. um, and then we can see um, low cortisol in the morning when you need it to wake up. That, that individual is reporting, I'm exhausted in the morning mm -hmm. and I'm wired at night and I can't get to sleep and they have elevated cortisol at night. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we can see it low across the board, you know, where they've hit a, a place of... Uh, adrenal exhaustion where they've yeah where they've been you know in a stressful period or their body is interpreting uh, the experience that they're in a stressful period for the you know maybe months maybe years but it's a chronic mm -hmm. uh, fight or flight reaction mm -hmm. um, and it's really crazy you know because I don't know if you've ever experienced this like speaking on stage or maybe when you started your podcast mm -hmm. how the brain can make a trick us into feeling make our body feel like uh this is not a safe situation even though you know it's even though it is mm -hmm. and uh, okay. 
Yeah. So the the body responds to the messages that the mind is sending it, and mm. and so I like there's such a um, a mind body piece to this. I'm sure you've yeah, seen I'm that. And, that. Yeah. Yeah, in the in the woman that you work with. Uh, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. So one question I, out of curiosity is you said that, you know, some people have like too low cortisol, for example, in the morning and they feel mm -hmm. wired in the morning and, yeah. and then at night they can't fall asleep. Why? Like how, how is that explained? Is it because the adrenal glands are already so, you know, they have overproduced so much um, cortisol that they can't produce enough anymore or like how, how is that connected? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the great question. So uh, what's happening in that situation is, it could be a number of things, but um, where I see that most common is that a woman has stress later in the day, stressful home situation, stressful family situation, kids, work, you know, uh, and secreting cortisol all day long maybe works a night shift maybe has worked a night shift maybe has had a, a flip schedule um you know working if you're a like a server or a bartender there's a lots of jobs where people are working late at night maybe in a gas station i don't know but um so you know having a shift of schedule can change that mm -hmm. um yeah and then just the body feeling stressed to me when you go home um you're coming home to a, a potentially chaotic house um there can be other things that influence the ability to fall asleep so we know that cortisol and melatonin are opposites mm -hmm. they are like arch rivals mm -hmm. so if you we can test both of those levels and we can see that if someone has low melatonin, their cortisol is high mm -hmm. and melatonin, you know, is a hormone that helps us get to sleep at night. So, um, there's certain things like looking at blue lights and, you know, exercising late in the day and, um, that can drop our melatonin and therefore, you know, when melatonin is low, cortisol is high. And so they can, they're in this dance together. Mm -hmm. Um, so, Kind of it, it depends on melatonin as well, mm -hmm. um, things that influence melatonin uh, and will increase cortisol. So even like looking at a screen, you mm -hmm. know, a bright screen for two hours before bed drops the melatonin can have some impacts on the cortisol because it's stimulating. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a number of things, shift work, but that's that's just kind of what I've seen in the in the woman that I've worked with. Yeah. Really interesting. And mm -hmm. um, if I remember correctly, and if I am well informed and educated, cortisol is also responsible for, um, for example, for weight gain, right? Yes. Um, yes. So how, how is that connected? I think that's really important to note as well. Absolutely. So uh, what can happen is that we're, when we're in a stressful situation, we're continually outputting cortisol. The adrenal glands, which are located right above the kidneys, there's two of them, uh, you know, they're outputting cortisol. The brain is saying, I'm in a stressful situation. We got to get through this. We got to get through this. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, cortisol is very linked to blood sugar regulation, mm -hmm. which is a piece that um, I think 
goes unnoticed uh, because when you find someone who's in a stressful situation uh, or their body is in a perceived stress for multiple years, maybe it be med school, grad school, um, stressful work environment, stressful family situations. I mean, everybody has had something like that. But usually they're reporting um, like waking up in the middle of the night uh, or like I need to eat every two or three hours. I can't go long periods without food. Like I'm, I'm always hungry. Mm-hmm. And that's a dysglycemia. So the, the blood sugar is imbalanced. It's not able to, um, you know, kind of keep a steady state. It's up and down. And this is what also happens um, for years before uh, type 2 diabetes is diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that kind of insulin spike and the glucose dysregulation. So what can happen um, whenever we do have those blood sugar spikes, we're in a storage state. The body's like, oh, we got tons of glucose. Let's just shuttle into the cells, store fat, and the best place is the abdomen. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we all know it's women. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and that's a, you know, common, common thing after a stressful situation. People will say, I can't get, I work out. I can't I'm dieting I can't get rid of this abdominal fat and and that's uh you know stress related uh dysglycemia blood sugar not being regulated mm-hmm. um and then you know there'll also be sleep disturbances as a result so insomnia waking up in the middle of the night um either in a panic state or hungry and what's happening there is the bot so you're asleep uh, your blood sugar drops, cortisol spikes, your body says, wake up, we're hungry. We mm-hmm. need to balance this blood sugar right now. So cortisol spikes wakes you up just like you would want to happen at eight or nine in the morning or whenever you wake up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it will, it'll wake you up, tell you to eat. It's a dysglycemia. So the blood sugar is very, very tied to the cortisol output, cortisol mm-hmm. spikes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then has blood sugar, uh, you know, yeah. spike and drop blood sugar. So, yeah, the fat, the abdominal storage of uh, fat, um, the blood sugar dysregulation, um, insulin resistance. So when this goes on for years, we mm-hmm. get resistant to uh, the insulin that the pancreas is putting on. The insulin helps to shuttle the glucose into the cells mm-hmm. uh, for energy. And what else? We um, It can impact bones. So mm-hmm. constantly outputting cortisol can uh, decrease bone mineral density, mm-hmm. uh, which is also an epidemic in the United States, especially in women um, mm-hmm. above 45. So... About forty five percent. Oh, uh, uh, like just age forty five and onwards. Yeah, kind of when the hormones start changing around fifty, mm-hmm. um, estrogen drops. If cortisol is high, mm-hmm. you know, bone is a living tissue, and it's going to start breaking down because mm-hmm. cortisol way faster cat- than it's supposed to be. Yeah, mm, yeah, cortisol is a catabolic hormone, mm-hmm. um, which means how long have you practiced as a as a doctor? Say that one more time. How, how long you, have you practiced? So I graduated in 2018. Okay. Yeah. 
from a med school in San Diego. Okay. Um, and I practiced in San Diego for a bit, and then I moved up to Redondo Beach and have had uh, practice here for about five months. So, oh, yeah. That's so, exciting. Yeah. yeah. Because I wanted to ask you if, if you uh, would have practiced longer, if you have seen kind of a difference already, but I assume that because you've been practicing so, um, so lately, probably all of the people that you meet probably have pretty high cortisol levels. Yeah. Um, and yeah. 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 You know, um, and cortisol impacts men as well, mm -hmm. but, um, what we see in women is a lot of endocrine effects. So, um, appetite dysregulation so the leptin and ghrelin ghrelin is i'm hungry leptin is i'm full hormones that regulate our appetite those are also thrown off with mm -hmm. with elevated cortisol uh over a longer period of time so we we end up you know all of these metabolic effects of elevated cortisol over time can lead to chronic conditions like mm -hmm. type 2 diabetes um And then what we've also seen is elevated cortisol causes a, an in inflammation response in the body. So mm -hmm. it can release uh, what we call in medicine pro-inflammatory cytokines. Mm -hmm. uh, and these are, yeah, they're released as a inf natural inflammation response to the body to respond to. Uh, and There's also a model of depression. We used to think, you know, the model of depression was defined around serotonin. There's not enough serotonin in the body. Mm -hmm. um, now we're looking at the model of depression as an inflammation model. So inflammation in the brain. So we're looking at the pro-inflammatory cytokines. Um, and when you, I've worked with patients in pain in clinic, uh, you know, over that past several years. And when someone's in pain, you can almost guarantee that they have cytokines floating around in the body mm -hmm. and inflammation, right? Pain and inflammation. And when somebody is feeling depressed, we also can gander that they have some cytokines, some inflammatory molecules, pro-inflammatory cytokines floating around in the body. So the depression and pain are highly correlated. Mm -hmm. And then the cortisol um, and all its metabolic effects can lead to the uh, release of those, those cytokines. And that's why chronic stress for a long period of time can result in mood disorders, mm -hmm. pain. Um, mental, mental, physical, everything, basically. Yes, yes. And so you mentioned something really interesting. I actually work with both. I work with men and women. Um, Great. So... One of the things I'm curious about is that you said that it's a little bit different between men and women from in terms of like cortisol levels. Um, mm -hmm. You just practice on women or also on men. And if you like look at lab results and things like that, what, what would you see as a doctor to be different? Yes. So um, that's a great question. There are the things that are similar are the impacts on blood sugar. So men can get that same blood sugar dysregulation um they can also store the abdominal uh, adiposity um, from the blood sugar dysregulation they can also get the insulin resistance i think 
the insulin resistance picture is really common in men. You know, we look at um, obesity and um, like type two diabetes and kind of metabolic syndrome of all of these pieces, elevated blood pressure and the lipids are elevated. And, um, you know, for men, it seems to be almost like more of a cardiovascular lipid, you know, where, and heart that leads into like heart heart disease later on in life. If that's not addressed, uh, early on, that's Mm -hmm. a chronic illness. So, um, but for men, what we see with elevated uh, cortisol is testosterone is impacted. Mm-hmm. For women, we can see that uh, impacted in the ovaries in the conversion to thyroid. It's We have a less effective conversion to active thyroid with constant uh, cortisol release, constant stress, um, and our thyroid is you know, regulating our temperature and all of these things. Um, So for men, we can see that too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thyroid conditions are more common in women, especially autoimmune conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's happening in autoimmunity is where we're attacking, the body's attacking itself. And that could be due to the the level of inflammation, the pro-inflammatory cytokines and the cycle that doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, but for men, we're seeing, I think, more now than... 40, 50 years ago, we're seeing men in their 20s and 30s with really subpar uh, testosterone levels. And even men in their 50s too, but uh, younger and younger men are having um, lower testosterone and more uh, insulin resistance, more, um, you know, elevated lipids and cardiovascular risk Mm -hmm. younger in life. Yeah, that's really interesting. I I actually just read a super interesting article about um, how from prehistoric times, men had like these kind of, um, you know, these quick like stress like spikes because they had to like chase food or like they had to take care of bringing food home. Mm -hmm. So they were used to having stress but just kind of at, at really like small spiky kind of periods of times. Right. And women are actually used to from prehistoric times having these like constant stresses, um, really? which is why they are saying that women are actually um, more resistant to stress, right? We are, we are like making the food at home and we're bringing up the babies and we're doing all these different works. And that kind of really comes back to prehistoric times where, um, yeah, where the woman mm-hmm. was exposed to stress over over the day over the course of the day so nowadays women are actually able to handle stress better um like they don't realize it um when they are they don't realize it when they are stressed because we are kind of prehistorically used to having more stress on a constant basis Mm -hmm. um so when women start to realize that they have too much stress it's often too late because we we don't like recognize the signals Hmm. Um, and men are maybe even more um, aware of stress, but they, you know, obviously there's other things coming into play of why they might might not be aware of it or don't want to um, look at it or you know like distract themselves from the stressful situations. Um, but they are not so used to constant stress levels um, because they prehistorically that's not what the body had to deal with. And I thought it was really wow. interesting. That's fascinating. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Yeah. It's really interesting. I, yeah. yeah, I could definitely see that. 
because mm-hmm. the women are, you know, super women. I can do, you know, the, the mother, yeah, <laughs> the mom, the wife, the, you know, mm-hmm. business owner or, you know. Yeah, exactly. so, we're working with a lot of different roles, right? At the same yes. time. So, yeah, so that was really interesting. Okay, so you're doing lab results, um, and mm-hmm. obviously you're looking at a lot of different things. Um, um, so what what happens then? Um, so you're looking, you're obviously you know meeting with the patient, and you're sharing with them the results that you're seeing, mm-hmm. and then what are things? So let's say, for example, somebody is listening right now, and they're like, oh, I. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't have to, time to go to a doctor. They don't want to get lab results, sure. um, but they have other warning signals that give them an indication that they're starting to have too high cortisol levels, right? They maybe cannot fall asleep at night mm-hmm. um, or they're having trouble to get up in the morning. They feel that there's like a you know, discrepancy or imbalance between melatonin and cortisol, or they have other symptoms. Um, what would you as a doctor kind of recommend to do in that kind of situation? Yeah. Uh, so there are, there's lots of things that you can do at home. You can do, um, setting habits and strategies to help your body and your mind to disassociate with the feeling Mm -hmm. of chronic stress. Mm -hmm. One of them is meditation and, um, you know, they show, there's like so many studies on meditation now that shows, um, how, cortisol levels decrease, how sleep is better, how um, it, you know, improves your ability to cope with any other thing that happens that day. Like there's so many benefits of meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's one thing that's really powerful. Uh, And then, you know, adrenal adaptogens. So utilizing things to help on a physiological level, helping our body to cope with that stress Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, as we're experiencing it. And I feel like adaptogens are not really well known in a lot of the patients that I meet with. It's not really common knowledge Mm -hmm. Um, using some of the, so adaptogenic mushrooms like lion's mane and reishi and chaga and I think those are becoming a little bit more mm-hmm. mainstream. I think especially mushrooms, right? Like they put yeah. like now these mushroom pol- um, powders into coffee. And like, I've, yeah. I'm starting to hear more and more about it. Yeah, me too. The mushrooms for sure. Uh, some of the other herbs are maybe a little less known or utilized other than by a holistic practitioner, like a doctor or uh, someone of that nature. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that can be used. I will emphasize, um, you know, the importance of seeing a practitioner. There's mm-hmm. so many things like I encourage all my patients and when they come in and they've done their research and they're doing all these things already to support their health, mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, absolutely. I'm so proud of you for doing that. That's you, You're your own health advocate mm-hmm. and you got to be. Um, but there is a lot of guesswork. Mm -hmm. that happens Mm -hmm. you know when a woman is having all these symptoms and there's so much interplay between all of this you know the thyroid over with the adrenals with the uh you know ovaries and the the gut you know if we're not absorbing nutrients Mm -hmm. to actually they make neurotransmitters and uh to 
you know, you need B vitamins for the adrenals to function. So, but you could be taking supplements and not really know what system or what deficiency there is mm-hmm. and just kind of throwing the kitchen sink at it. And there is a huge advantage to just test it. You know what's going on. You can pinpoint the problem mm-hmm. um, and really treat that so that your body is being supported in the way that it needs to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love, you know, I love both. I love being able to kind of be the detective mm-hmm. with a woman or even for men too um, in their health journey and being able to show them in black and white, you know, this is what's going on. It's not your fault that you're feeling anxious, depressed, that this has been going on, that your body is soaring fat. Like this is why. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that brings a lot of resolve and motivation motivation and hope to people to just see it on paper mm-hmm. and know that exactly what we're addressing is is going to help uh and and kind of support their body and um reduce cortisol and support blood sugar regulation and kind of reverse the mm-hmm. process that might happen so um yeah I, but. I like that you say that i think it's important as well um especially because sometimes we need to kind of have it on paper and on black and white to see how maybe our health is looking right in order to yeah. maybe see the the gravity of it and or maybe how far gone we are or whatever it is mm-hmm. um I, i'm thinking you know one of the things that I think there's always, we always need both, right? We need the body-mind connection. And I'm, I'm, what I'm teaching a lot is that we can work on the body, right? Like we can get the test results mm-hmm. and see, um, you know, what is maybe deficient and what am I doing wrong and what kind of effect has the stress on my body. And we can work on that from a physiological perspective mm-hmm. again. But then I'm always saying, but yeah. what if you stay in the stressful job? Or what if um, Mm -hmm. you're not learning how to manage the stress? Or what if you're not learning how to manage the trigger um, and look into that? Then you can work on your body as much as you want. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. if you don't learn at the same time as well to manage the stress better and maybe look at your triggers and understand why that stress response is being activated over and over and over again throughout the day, then it's it's just one part of the puzzle and you need to kind of put the two puzzle pieces together to really like create a really he- healthy life. I love that. I love that. And I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that that's where the psychology of, you know, working through that and, and why is my body responding this way and um, using, you know, visualization, meditation, journaling, counseling, having a close friend that you can confide in it, whatever it may be. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, we, that has to be in place, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of addressing the triggers and, and allowing the mind to calm too. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah, definitely. Very powerful. And, um, so you were saying, I'm actually really curious. You were saying that you had this, um, conference or this, um, talk at the, at med school, um, about chronic stress and that it blew your mind. Can you tell us a little bit more about, what you learned or maybe what was some new information that you weren't aware of before? Yeah. So the link between chronic stress and depression that has to do with the pro-inflammatory cytokines that are released Mm -hmm. um, uh, just from overreaction, like cortisol output for months, years on end, 
um, can cause that. It can cause, um, so what happens is that your body loses the, what they call negative feedback. So mm -hmm. the HPA axis, which is essentially um, the brain to the pituitary, to the adrenals, it's the messages that are being sent mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, to signal the process of cortisol. And mm -hmm. that's how the mind and our, our fear response can actually signal a physical response mm -hmm. in the body to release cortisol. Mm -hmm. um, so we lose feedback. It's kind of like the brain is screaming at the adrenals for years, like make cortisol, make cortisol, make cortisol. And it's kind of like a mom and a kid where the mom is just like screaming at the mom and it's, it's like she loses, she's like desensitized to it because it just becomes background noise or I don't know, something like that. But the, the body will lose that. It'll like quit listening. It'll be like, I am so sick of hearing, keep making cortisol message. So it becomes less effective at doing so, disrupts that communication um, between the hypothalamus, the pituitary, and the adrenals, mm -hmm. causes HPA dysfunction. Um, and we know that in people with severe depression, that they have HPA dysfunction. We can look at that. Mm -hmm. um, we can actually test the their urinary levels of cortisol, or their blood, or their saliva, but urinary levels are elevated um, a lot of times. And then We'll find that their sleep patterns, their circadian rhythms are off because the cortisol is off, because the melatonin is off. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and then we also find that cortisol is secreted more at night in people with depression. Mm -hmm. um, so there's so many, like we're looking at all these physiological markers and being like, oh, you know, this is why, this is why. And these are all correlated with depression. Um, they also, they've done studies in like medical students and they've shown this specific cytokine that's elevated, um, in, in studies, you know, showing the link between chronic stress around like exam time and their mm -hmm. mood and the elevation of these inflammatory cytokines and the relation to the depression and, or just could be just, uh, decreased mood, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, you, I mean, usually when someone comes in to see me with like a common thing, if they haven't had any lab testing or they're just feeling fatigued, they're like, I don't know, I think I might uh, have some adrenal fatigue. It's kind of commonly thrown around. And that's really what's happening is that you lose, you know, the brain is screaming at the adrenals to make cortisol for months or years on end and it's working so hard mm -hmm. and then it loses the it, it quits listening and it becomes less effective and then um and then we have that's all kind of where all of the the metabolic things the insulin and all, all of that comes into play mm -hmm. so and um from one from what point onwards do we talk about chronic stress is it like when you are stressed for three months or for 12 months like is there like a definition of when when it becomes like chronic yes so there's um uh, they like to talk about like three different phases okay so there's like the alarm phase which is the moment that you're mm. say you get a a call from your boss and you might like you panic for a minute right mm -hmm. <laughs> or um you know, you have to, somebody calls you up on a stage, 
mm-hmm. and you weren't expecting it in front of hundreds of people, you know, and you're, it's like your heart starts pounding, you start sweating, mm-hmm. definitely a, uh, an alarm, uh, phase. And then that's like seconds to minutes, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of short lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we hit like resistance. So that's kind of the next stage and that's from minutes to hours. And that's more of when you have the HPA. So the hypothalamus talking to the pituitary, talking to the adrenals. Um, and that's kind of where the in- inflammatory response is happening when we're thinking about pro-inflammatory cytokines. And, mm-hmm. um, and then the third stage is like our body is always trying to find uh, this place of homeostasis which is balance. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. kind of an underused word, I think. Um, But so I was trying to find balance and the adrenals are doing that as well. And so uh, when it can't find balance is when we have all these issues, Um, but it's trying to kind of balance the inflammatory response and the response in the adrenals, like once for every, for what goes up must come down. So, um, if we can't find homeostasis, we end up with all of these kind of remnant health problems and chronic disease that can manifest over many years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it is really, so we have three phases. One is just seconds to minutes. The next one is kind of minutes to hours. And then I mm-hmm. guess the third one is the one where it's constantly yeah. <laughs> so where there's that, constant stress and constant disruption of the pro of the processes of how they are supposed to be looking. Yes. So that's the chronic stress that's more manifested over months, weeks mm-hmm. to months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the body's trying to find homeostasis. It's trying mm-hmm. to, you know, come back to a place of balance. And if it doesn't, then yeah, then we're in a chronic state of cortisol, cortisolemia, constant mm-hmm release of that um and it's crazy because they've actually found that there's like loops that even if the chronic stress ends the body can still be releasing like nf kappa b Mm -hmm. and il6 which are some of our pro-inflammatory cytokines Mm -hmm. uh it's wild how that signal will like turn on this wheel that keeps spinning and keeps spinning and that's how you can see that people are in pain for years fibromyalgia um you know Hmm. um, and how depression happens where we're constantly releasing pro-inflammatory cytokines There's there's a lot that we can do to support that uh, you know, we can work on inflammation pathways. We can give, there's all sorts of anti-inflammatories, um, you know, can work on the mind body connection. We can work on the gut, you know, there's a lot of things to support, but mm-hmm. it's really wild what stra- chronic stress over months will do to yeah. almost every system in the body. Yeah. yeah. And um, depression, is that then kind of months to years? Because, you know, I've been reading a lot about kind of the difference between burnout and depression and was surprised to see how closely tied they are together. And there's not Mm. really not really a huge difference. They say like burnout is more like work-related stress and depression is kind of everywhere where you have kind of negative thoughts about everything. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm always saying, I feel like, when you're burned out and you have like so much stress at work, it will obviously impact also your private life. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But, you know, I, I had burnout um, last year 
mm-hmm. and anxiety and you know I didn't realize that for a really long time and that's kind of what I'm trying to obviously educate people on as well and you know I I, I would say that it's probably I was probably in that state for two to three years it's obviously not that I'm I've been just kind of negative for two or three years but it's ups and downs and ups and downs and then the the ups get not so often and then the downs stay longer I guess Mm -hmm. but is there any kind of duration or something where you're saying oh if you've been in that state for x amount of time then that leads to the depression or that's when we're talking about depression yeah um it's very I mean it can be variable for different individuals based on uh you know, the level at which their body has resources to respond to that stress. So, and that can be related to, um, you know, their nutrition, um, their B vitamin status. It can be related to their methylation. So their ability to methylate and, uh, which is a whole nother topic, but to methylation plays a role in depression. Um, so, it can like body what does what that means yeah um so there's a there's a genetic marker that we can look at in people and it's called mthfr Mm -hmm. um they there's a um very naughty uh nickname for that because it almost looks like the f word mthfr Uh, but (laughs) but um so it's a it's a genetic SNP that we look at, mm-hmm. and if it's methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase, that's what it stands for. Um, but if that in your genetics and say in, or my personal genetics, if that uh, gene is not working as efficient as it should be, and it's very common, mm-hmm. um, we cannot. Um, there's this methionine homocysteine cycle, and we need. Uh, methyl groups, which is essentially a biochemical reaction. So we have to add a CH3, a methyl group, uh, in order to process it. So we're not, we can get stuck on homocysteine and homocysteine is an inflammatory marker. We, we can run that lab test and we can actually look at, mm-hmm. it's part of a lot of standard labs, look at the homocysteine level. And if we see it through the roof, we're like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. they probably have an MTHFR mutation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're not processing this as well. We can support their body with um, methyl donors. So like SAMe, there's a whole bunch of methyl donors, but uh, the MTHFR mutation, if not supported with methyl donors, is also uh, very highly correlated with depression and mood dysregulation. So when we're, and, and many other things too, but depression is one of them. Mm-hmm. So um when we look at anybody with anxiety or depression mood dysregulation i'm looking at cortisol i'm looking at genetics i'm looking at you know all all these different pieces that we can support them on um support their body uh so yeah i can't remember where we're going (laughs) and then when you diagnose um burnout or anxiety or like these different mood swings in people Mm -hmm. um how long would you say from a from a physiological perspective, when you start to help a person um, 
like how long does it take to kind of get out of the depression cycle or of the burnout cycle? Yeah. Because I, I've been talking mm -hmm. to people where they're like, oh, I know people that they've been burned out for a year or two and they're not, just not getting kind of back, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, it's tough. So how, yeah. like from a, from a doctor's perspective, I'm really curious. Mm -hmm. It's, it's so common. I'll say that, that, um, yeah, I mean, when you deplete the body or you get the chronic stress cycle um, and it, there might be some missing loops in, in um, the body kind of recalibrating, you know, recalibrating everything. But how long does it take? I mean, it, it could be anywhere from a couple weeks. I think the best thing, you know, the best thing to do is, is test for it because when you know that there's a, MTHFR genetic SNP that's contributing to, um, you know, the mood, or you know that there's some intestinal permeability and lack of nutrient absorption, and that's can't absorb B vitamins, can't absorb uh, a lot of the things that are going to help balance the neurochemistry. Mm -hmm. When we kind of pinpoint that, we can treat it right away. Okay? Mm -hmm. Nip it in the bud so it doesn't turn into anything more chronic. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's where naturopathic medicine, functional medicine, and the way that a practitioner who's looking at every aspect of the body can really serve uh, like anybody really well because it's protective, it's preventative. And then um, when we have a way to kind of pinpoint what's going on, we can not have to play guesswork um, a lot of times. You know, sometimes like with hormones, there's a little bit of a dance between balancing that. And so like with bioidenticals, for example, but when we know that certain things are low or high on a lab, like out of range, we're like, yeah, it's very clear what's going on. Um, and we can treat that. So anywhere from, month, uh, you know, a couple weeks mm -hmm. uh, being on a protocol to uh a couple months it depends how chronic it is it depends how long they've been they're able suffering. yeah well if they're currently in a stressful situation in their life mm -hmm. you know that's also a um you know preventing potentially progress but we can also support anybody on in in a stressful situation to cope with it better and help their body to to process that better yeah yeah it's really so. interesting i'm just thinking like I went to another holistic practitioner last year. Um, yeah. They asked me to fill out a couple of kind of health questionnaires mm -hmm. um, just to see kind of how I felt. Um, and, and that was very eye-opening for me. And that's how they diagnosed me with burnout and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, like I didn't know what was going on with me until I kind of had the the papers in front of me or the doctor in front of me telling me what was going on. And then it made a lot yeah. more sense to me as well. Mm -hmm. um, and they actually ran some lab tests as well, but they, they didn't find anything. And I okay. don't think like all of the things that you're mentioning right now, all of the different hormones, I don't think they tested that because it wasn't a holistic sure. practitioner. Um, and now I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, this, okay. this would have been so interesting to actually look at my, while it was so acute, right? Um, and so mm -hmm. chronic for me. And yeah, and I, I took a long time off of work um, to kind of 
deal with it myself and to work on the mind and work on the body and mm-hmm. um, decrease those cortisol levels. And it took me a long time because I didn't take any medication. Um, I didn't take any antidepressants or anti-anxiety medicine um, because I don't really believe in it. I'm like, if something is going on, I should pay attention. You know, I should kind of mm-hmm. go to the root cause instead of just treating it with with some type of medication that makes me feel better maybe short term. Mm -hmm. And um, I felt like my anxiety actually got worse almost the first four weeks Mm. (laughs) after I was diagnosed. Um, And maybe has that something to do then with with what you were saying that it just kind of the body just kind of continues on that level for a while because that's just kind of the response of it? It can. Yeah, it definitely can be like a feed forward loop that's hard to stop. Mm-hmm. but um that's not to say that there isn't hope and yeah i i love i love that you j- shared your story and i went through a similar thing coming out of med school like i remember trying to start my practice being completely exhausted after you know mm. 3 days of written boards and 4 years of med school and clinicals and no break for you know 10 years of school essentially mm. and yeah, it does a number on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, me, it did. And yeah. and uh, when you can test those values and kind of see what's going on, it took a lot of the, why am I not feeling motivated? Why am I not feeling able to rise to this challenge, which is very energy intensive mm-hmm. process, you know, to start a clinic or to, to build a practice. And having it on black and white and paper and seeing, Oh, Mm -hmm. you know, I need to support my body more Mm -hmm. because I've been hard on it. And it's been experienced in this cortisol and feed forward loop for probably three, four years at least. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and that, I think it, it brings so much compassion for, yeah, for, um, the experience for, for ourselves, for the experience that we've gone through, like, thank you body for, me to you know withstand that and to mm. persevere and and I'm grateful for that experience yeah. because I can also explain that and and know what it feels like and know what um you know know what the testing looks like and and how to support I'm constantly learning to support myself as I know you are mm. in in supporting women uh that are under stress so it's like the best the best place to speak from is personal experience, right? Yeah, for so sure. Powerful. And you know, for me, I'm just like thinking, you are a doctor and you knew <laughs> kind of what's going on. And, and yet we are putting you know. <laughs> this pressure the whole time, right? And um, and I, I just recently, recently read as well um, a quote that I found so powerful where it was like, you know, we are so smart human beings and yet we are so dumb in what we are doing to ourselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, what we are putting ourselves through and and I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's very true, right? We are like, mm-hmm. you know, we're all, I'm working with a lot of very highly intelligent, smart people um, yeah. that are very, very, very educated and um, and yet we are completely dismissing um, the signals that we're getting from our body um, and we're distracting mm-hmm. ourselves and we're numbing ourselves. And um, yeah. yeah, I really hope that more and more people will understand um, that it's really important to take care of stress and yeah. 
move that around, right? And to kind of use it to their advantage, use the energy that they have, yes. but then also find those relaxation states throughout, you know, on a regular basis, not just twice a year for two weeks and when they're going on vacation in yeah. order to really, yeah, pull that together and use yeah. it to their advantage. Yeah. Um, so yeah i'm really excited um about yeah. all of the information that you just shared i always have a few questions at the end of each podcast interview mm -hmm. um, and the first one is what are you most grateful for oh wow well i would ha i have to say just the relationships in my life um because i think that that is such a powerful force for combating stress too is feeling mm -hmm. supported and having loving relationships um my parents have been relentlessly supportive in in med school and this journey and launching you know my own medical practice and everything so they're priceless and so important to me um my aunt has been a huge mentor in my life she's you know kind of had a similar journey to me and um she left Minnesota at a young age and she's like inspired me so much in how she's built a life and faced a lot of stress and like come out on the other side of it and has mm -hmm. this, this really beautiful life. Um, but she's a living example of a woman who's, you know, worked and at a high level and, you know, gone or gone so much in her life. And, um, and that it it's possible to to go through these periods and come out stronger you know um and and then my boyfriend dan who is in naturopathic medical school and we have such a shared passion for this medicine and what it can do for people and how we're able to um you know offer better treatment and preventative and looking at labs in a whole new light that is a game changer. Like it can, it can really move the needle for someone and more needed than any other time in history, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so like his love, his support, his like shared passion with me has been completely uplifting and encouraged me, um, you know, when I have gone through some of that, adrenal fatigue post-med school and so he's been definitely a rock in my life um in the last year and then yeah I just I mean I think the relationships are really you can look at all the professional success in the world and money and fame and you know but when it comes down to it like those relationships bring us the greatest joy and happiness so that is a huge part of, I think, even offsetting stress in yeah. life. Yeah. And they bring us the biggest trouble as well, you know? Mm -hmm. they're not That's true. <laughs> the <laughs> biggest yeah, heartache. It's very important <laughs> that it's very balanced. Um, yeah. Because yeah. Um, if we have all the money in the world, but the relationships are not well, then, you know, we're probably still not very happy people. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, do you have stressed. three, like, maybe wisdoms or three kind of general rules that you live by and that you kind of try to always remind yourself of? Hmm. Well, I think, yeah, there's, 
In regards to stress, um, there's another naturopathic doctor that I uh, refers patients to me and it's a phenomenal doctor in LA, Dr. G, Dr. Christian Gonzalez. And he shares a lot about consciousness and like a lot of processing stress. And he was talking about how, you know, fear is an illusion, how it's something that we make up in our mind. Like when I'm about to walk on the stage or I'm about to, to speak or do anything that it's this, it's something that I create in my mind. It's not even reality. And so, um, like repeating and understanding that we can calm the mind that fear truly is an illusion. It's created by my, my own brain Mm -hmm. and I can control my thoughts, uh, which is the work that you do. It's very profound. And uh, so fear is an illusion. Um, We either live in love or fear. We can't be in both. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're living in fear, you're not in a state of love and when we're in a state of love, we're, you know, we're doing good things for our body. We're nourishing ourselves. We're nourishing our spirit. We're nourishing um, in relationships. If we live in a fear state versus in a state of love, fear is I'm worried about, you know, them not giving to me or being faithful or whatever. And, and love is I'm showing up energetically, just open and giving and open hearted. Yeah, mm-hmm. trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that the fear and love can come across in our relationships, in our in our health journey, and how we approach our own health. I'm fearful I'm going to get this. I'm fearful of my own health versus I love my body. I love taking care of it. I love nourishing it, mm-hmm. and I love you know all the greens, and I love you know feeling mm-hmm. good and and living in this really vibrant state of of loving, vibrant health, and and moving towards that if we're not there, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so fear is an illusion. We can either live in love or or, or fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for me, like the last year, um, I read this great book, which I know um, this great book by Gabby Bernstein. She talks about how the universe, my relationship with God, higher power, the universe, whatever it is. Um, for you is the most important thing in my life because that is the direction, the wisdom, the guidance to, you know, pursue a life passion to show up with love because she has, she has in her book, it transformed my life in a lot of ways. And, um, and like my own spiritual journey, uh, Mm. and just like trusting and, um, she talks about like daily kind of surrendering being and and saying, I trust I'm being guided. I need guidance from God or the universe for Mm -hmm. this journey. And, and I think that takes just like so much off of our shoulders because we feel like we have to be in the driver's seat in control of everything that we're responsible for a hundred percent of things. And, you know, releasing that and just operating in more of a state of trust is yeah. is what happens when I connect with the universe. And I know that no matter what happens in business, no matter what happens in my relationships, no matter what happens, you know, in the rest of life, that that connection and that trust is um, like a rock mm-hmm. and, and a guidance. And we'll also, you know, 
lead you into a place where there's fulfillment and there's love and there's um, passion in your work. And, and so I think that that's the, the guiding light and, and has been um, becoming more clear for me in the last year. Very nice. What is the name yeah. of the book? Um, yeah, she, it's called The Universe Has Your Back. She has a couple of books. Okay. So that's the book. Great. I, I, that was actually my next question. If you had like any book that has like changed your life, is, it sounds like this one, maybe anything else? This one? Yes. Um, so I, I actually had, I listened to Audible. So I listened to mm -hmm. a lot of audiobooks, and I went through my Audible and I was like, what is the best health book that I've recently, the best like kind of spiritual growth or, you know, uh, mental, emotional, and then the best kind of like business. So the health related one is this book by Dr. Catherine Shanahan. She's an MD. It's called Deep Nutrition. Okay. And she works with uh, professional athletes on a, like a, I think it's an NBA team, but she talks about, um, I mean, she exposes a lot of things in our current society about nutrition and talks a lot about, uh, like omega-6 fats versus omega-3 and how restaurants are cooking with pretty much anywhere you go out to eat, they're cooking with some type of inflammatory oil. So an omega-6 oil that goes rancid, it's cooked at a high temperature. Um, and a lot of those oils are not meant to be cooked at that high of a temperature. And so how that's a silent killer, cause of heart disease, you know, mm -hmm. all sorts of inflammation in the brain, pro-inflammatory cytokines, mm -hmm. um, literally exposes all of it it's a really powerful book uh, and it's changed the way that i practice medicine too i would say mm. one question that i have and that might some other listeners have as well is why is inflammation so bad for our bodies mm. so it's not always bad okay we, we need it okay um You know, when you fall and scrape up your leg or something, we need and we need the healthy inflammatory response. We need cytokines. We need that. Mm -hmm. um, it's how we kill off pathogens and offenders. We need an inflammatory response, and we use it in all sorts of regenerative medicine techniques, which is actually another thing that I'm trained in. Um, and they offer it at the clinic that I'm at in Redonda Beach is um, some of the joint injections where we deliberately cause inflammation in the area using the body's natural response for inflammation uh, to heal, to put down new connective tissue. So we need it. Mm -hmm. um, where we don't want it is on repeat and overdrive, a record that will not shut off. We don't want that. There's certain um, pro-inflammatory cytokines. Um, we need cytokines, but there's some that are worse than others. Mm -hmm. essentially without going into the nitty-gritty of il6 yeah. and il10 and all the numbers and everything but okay. um there's some that are better than others and we don't we want inflammation in bursts kind of like we want if we experience stress in bursts we don't want chronic inflammation uh -huh. yeah the chronic yeah. inflammation the chronic yeah. release a lot of different like diseases as well right mm -hmm. yeah yep yes definitely underlying a lot of chronic illness yeah Okay. Okay. Sorry. So yeah, you said that your, your health book was um, the deep nutrition mm -hmm. um, and you said you had a business related one as well. Yeah. So there's another book that I listened to recently and it's called millionaire in the fast lane. Uh -huh. And, but the book, I mean, it sounds like a finance book, but it's, he talks a lot about um, 
service and creating a business that has massive impact. Uh, you know, when you're touching millions of lives, you make millions of dollars and how that's correlated and how the, the impact influence, um, how, how much are you able to impact either a vast number of people or a, a small group of people in a huge, huge way. And so it's really a, a book on like psychology around, around money and impact and, and business growth. It's really well written. It's a long book, but uh, nice. I, I think it's, yeah, it's a good read. Great. It sounds really fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, what is next for you? What are you planning to do over the next months and years? Yeah. So uh, I'm, well, I'm practicing in Redondo Beach. I'm also in Hollywood one day a week. So I see patients at a space there um, on Fridays. And so that's exciting. I'm doing, you know, some talks up there and uh, getting to do some regenerative medicine procedures up there, which is exciting. Um, and then really offering that here and connecting with a lot more women, um, serving a lot more women in that way. Mm. Um, and then. So Dan, my boyfriend Dan, has a um, a program. It's called Peak Performance Pros, and so that's something that we've put together together where we're working with athletes and high level professionals. And essentially, we're doing we're running functional labs. We're looking at cortisol, and we're doing it for very cost effective. We've like done a lot of uh, you know searching out labs that. Uh, can run labs and like finding out the best panels and how can we run all of these uh, to get really comprehensive picture. And then we have a software that we plug it into that is beautiful. I mean, it tells you exactly where the dysfunction is, puts it in black and white. Um, it's adds a ton of value. So uh, yeah, so we're working with athletes and entrepreneurs. Uh, we have somebody in New York who's, you know, working in the stock market and we have, athletes that are in like um pre-nfl like the league below that and you know we're, we're so we're doing that um kind of more performance optimization mm -hmm. um we can like look at neotropics and brain function as well but we essentially running a lot of the labs that can be preventative or you know you look at these a lot of young healthy looking 30 year old you know, 25 year old men and women and mm -hmm. on the outside, they look just fine. And you run their labs and they're a mess. Mm -hmm. And, uh, or there's certain things that are really out of, out of, uh, yeah, out of range. And so we can really, um, serve them to their, their best health and their best energy through doing mm -hmm. that and through making those recommendations. Yeah. So that, and, the The other thing that I'm really excited about is, um, I don't know if you're, most people haven't heard about it, but peptides, I'm not sure if you've heard of like peptide therapy. So yeah, so there's all sorts of peptides that they're using now. Um, they're different than a hormone. Uh, hormones are like algebra, peptides are like calculus. So they're, they work at a different kind of level, but we can inject things that help promote, um, brain function and prevent neurocognitive decline and help with muscle building and weight loss. And, um, and they're through a compounding pharmacy, it's a prescription through a doctor, but there's all sorts of uses, super exciting, 
very few people know about it. Um, there's a low barrier to entry. It's other than you have to work with a doctor and figure out, you know, what's going to be better. A lot of, there's some that are, that you can take orally, but a lot of them are um, an injection, mm-hmm. a sub-Q, so uh, just below the skin. And I mean, I'm seeing really, I've used some of them on myself, uh, just experiencing it. And it's really exciting to see what is possible, uh, like for athletes, for brain function, for, you know, pretty much any need. It's uh, so I'm super excited about that. And I'm planning on working and doing a lot more work with the peptides. Very very fascinating very cool yeah and so if people listen to you now and they would love to um, meet you or schedule an appointment i assume they can only do that if they are local in la no so i can meet with people virtually um ideally i like to see people in office the first time once but we can do pretty much all the follow-up um, virtually if they live you know LA is traffic so even people in LA might want to do a virtual visit yeah. but yeah I can I can see people um, yeah we can run labs we can just send them to a lab mm-hmm. that can draw their labs near them it's not an issue and then um, yeah we have people in New York and uh, that oh. we can run labs for and and work with so. okay so how how would they best get in touch with you if they are interested Yeah, so you can go to drambernd.com, so drambernd.com. They can also find me on Instagram, which is where I post a lot of, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of... That's a very cool information. I've been following you for a while now. Yeah, lots of uh, fascinating things about holistic medicine and labs and kind of what I'm up to. And Mm -hmm. uh, so that's... Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R, so doctor spelled out Amber and D uh, on Instagram, and they can always reach out to me there if they um, want to connect further. Otherwise, you can go to my website and schedule an appointment that way. Awesome. Yeah, and I will put all of the information in the show notes as well, so Great. people did not have a pen and paper right now. Yeah. <laughs> they can just Great. go into the show notes and click on the links as well. I'll make Super. sure that I put them all in there. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. And that was so interesting and fascinating to speak with you. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time. I really Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you so much for being flexible so that we could (laughs) make it happen today. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Such a pleasure. So, all right. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon, Amber. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be extremely happy and grateful if you could leave me a comment and a 5-star rating. If you know someone who would benefit from the information I talked about today, please feel free to share it with them, no matter if it is your friends, your colleagues and or your family members. You will always find all links and a summary of the podcast in the show notes. It would be great if we could connect on Instagram or via email. You can find all details of how to find me in the show notes as well. In that way, you can also send me any questions that you might have. And as I mentioned, I also have a wonderful YouTube channel now where you can post comments and questions. So please reach out. I'm glad you're listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for your trust. With gratitude, Julia.